you just bow with me this morning? Father, we just come to you. We humbly come before you. And God, there are moments we get passionate. Moments that we believe that you are the only thing that matters. God, I pray that we would not be afraid to express ourselves to you. responsibility that you might have that somehow trumps the significance of Jesus working in your life today because everything good flows out of your relationship with God
not to express myself, but rather your word and what you would have to say to us today. there are times that I wish we could extend a moment like this for the whole time, like for half an hour, just to be quiet, be at rest, listen to cars driving by in the highway. He wants us to be at rest. He wants our souls to be at rest. us to have peace. Even in the midst of troubled times. My prayer is that you would find peace and rest in him.
The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. For even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they come for me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. And my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. of things to come for each and every one of us. Church, this world is not our home. This is not our final destination. When we breathe our last breath, it's not over. It only begins. The rest of eternity, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When Jesus died on the cross for our sins, he died that we may have life. Life with purpose here on earth, but also an eternal eternal life. Are you feeling restored this morning? Are you feeling refreshed? Just to be able to soak in a moment of nothing of except Jesus. I sense that. (laughs) 
And I sense that this morning. speak eloquent words that will bring you truth in life and I will today but know this there is no teacher there is no comforter there is no helper greater than that of Jesus greater than that of the Holy Spirit of God that is inside of you vessel that holds the real thing and that each of us have the opportunity to commune with him like this Bibles quickly to Matthew 27.
I don't know about you, but holidays can be busy moments. And we can be taken, distracted by little things here and there. Sometimes my children will come to me in a panic, all upset. Daddy, Daddy, I'm so upset. And I'll ask them why, and they'll be like, I can't get the Wii game to work. And to them, it's this desperation moment. the significance is small. Church, the message of Jesus is a matter of life and death. It's a matter of life and death. It's like when the black SUVs show up at your door and they take you away and said it's a matter, it's a matter of national security. It's like, it's a matter of life and death. It cannot wait. It cannot be pushed aside. It is not something that we can just simply say, I, I'll deal with this later. Just bring the level down on my mic. I think it's feedback in here. It's a matter of life and death. And the greatest thing, the greatest thing about this message is that it truly is about death to life. Today, as I read this portion of scripture, it may seem awkward that I bring this out here on Easter Sunday morning, but I want to show you something in the Bible. And I want you to be, I want you to open up your hearts, open up your minds. Here's what it says. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Got to be impressed that I pulled that off. When some of those standing here said this, he's calling Elijah, immediately one of them ran off and got a sponge and filled it with wine vinegar and put it on a staff and offered it for Jesus to drink. And the rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split and the tombs broke. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. And when the centurion and those who were with him were guarding Jesus, saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, surely, surely this man was the son of God. Church, it's pretty close to noon right now and pretty much every part of the world, noon is the brightest part of the day. So imagine for a second that it was the middle of the day and you were outside the city and all of a sudden 
the sun is not shining. There were no flashlight apps they had back then. There was no electricity. At noon, the sun went dark and it was black. You're not in the city. There aren't torches everywhere. Jesus is on the cross and all of a sudden, darkness. Never happened before in the history of the world. It wasn't a solar eclipse. A solar eclipse doesn't take three hours. wasn't even the right part of the month for that to even happen. God was trying to tell us something that there's a significance between light and dark. That when Jesus was on the cross and killed, it was a moment of darkness, a moment of pain, a moment of sin, and yet something happens is that it, it all it says is that it was dark between noon and three o'clock. And they say in the story, they, the historians tell us that about three o'clock was the moment that Jesus said, into your hands I commit my spirit. He said it is finished in some other passages, that it's over. And you know what? After Jesus says his last breath, the light goes back on. Jesus died on the cross for our sin. He took the darkness out of the world and brought light. Darkness signifies uncertainty. I can't imagine what it would have been like for them when they're they all out there and they're at the crucifixion and all of a sudden the sun goes dark. <laughs> What's going on? Isn't that what darkness brings? My children wake up in the middle of the night and they they're, they're in the darkness tonight. I need more light. I can't see anything. They're scared. They're afraid. Why? Because they cannot perceive reality. Jesus for three hours was being killed and there was uncertainty because they didn't know, even creation didn't know what was going on, but the moment he said, it is finished, the light came on because Jesus had finished the work of the cross. And from that moment, even though his body may have been dead, his spirit was alive. Jesus had conquered death. He had conquered darkness once and for all. He had conquered uncertainty once and for all, that if we live with Jesus and give our hearts to him and abide with him, then we can be bearers of light. We can be people of light, people of certainty. While I may not see and understand my destination, I can walk forward with certainty knowing that Jesus Christ has my back because that's, this was the most uncertain point in history. Darkness to light. 
He died that we might be certain of our future. That we would not worry. That we would not be afraid. The second thing I notice is that the veil in the temple ripped in two. Church, this was no ordinary curtain. This was a, a group of curtains I've fashioned together. Historians tell us it was three feet thick. Three feet thick. It was ripped from the top to the bottom. This was not done by man. It was done by God. To prove a point. To show us. You see, the people of Israel had been mired, had been stuck in 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 clay, in the clay of religion saying, the only way for you to serve God is to do it this way. It's through some sort of conduit, some sort of priest, through some sort of person. And then you have to obey all of these rules and you have to go through all of these rituals. You have to wash your hands 84 times during the meal in order for you to be clean. There's over and over rituals that they were bound, that they were dragged down by. And so their faith was no longer a connection with Jesus, but rather a fear-based faith, a fear-based religion that if I do not obey, I will displease my God and he will strike me down. This is the faith they had. That the only reason you obeyed was because you were in fear. When Jesus died on the cross, he says, it is finished. The veil rips in two, which basically says, you do not have to fear death in my presence. In the Old Testament, they would come face to face with God and they'd be afraid because they would be afraid to die. And Jesus says in one moment, because of my death, you no longer have to be afraid for your life. That means that your connection with me is not a fear-based connection, but a relationship-based connection. That each and every one of us can have contact with the creator God in the universe. And he changed it all. All that's happened after he says it is finished. All of this happened after he says, I commit my hands, commit my spirit into your hands. This is what happens immediately. The veil rips in two, everything changes. He died on the cross to bring us a new life, a new relationship with him. And church, if we do not access our God and our Savior in this way, then his death is in vain. This is the life that he had intended when he died on the cross for our sins. This is why he paid the price. power over the very nature of faith. We don't have to be afraid to approach God anymore. He died that we might not have fear of him. And the, and the Bible says that there were earthquakes and the rock split. 
Historians, historians tell us that the earthquakes were actually felt by other countries. That this was not an isolated event. I'm not sure what the Richter scale was. I don't know if they had a Richter scale. I'm pretty sure they didn't. Not a lot of Richters back then to name the scale after. But historians say that this is, this is an earthquake that was felt by many nations. That this was not an isolated event. And that somehow the rock split. Listen, the only way rocks, the only, th- the only way you break a rock is by bringing it in contact with something else that's much harder than a rock. But that's not what happened. What happened was is that the rocks actually split by themselves. Broke in half. What's going on? Why is creation responding in this way? You see, Jesus controls even the forces of nature. We are part of this creation, and creation was responding when Jesus died on the cross, and then he did the work. Creation was responding, saying, something's going on. We need to take notice. This is a catastrophic event that is happening right now. Jesus died on the cross for our sins and has power even over the forces of nature even over the forces of circumstance and the rain, the earthquakes, the floods, the climate change. Nature was responding to its creator. Church, you need to know that Jesus is in control of every realm, of every facet of creation. Every part. And this was creation responding in obedience, creation responding and saying, this is what's going on, that he's saying, I have power over it all. Another part of the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. He is the control over everything. And so when he died on the cross for our sins, we have access to the one who is in control. Finally, it tells us that the bodies of holy people who were dead came to life. It wasn't just anyone. It was holy people. That'd be pretty freaky. Didn't I see you last week? It's not like this. Wouldn't that be freaky? Jesus doesn't just bring resurrection life to his own life. We're talking about others. We're talking about healing power, raising other lives from the dead. This isn't just about him. This is about us. This is about people. This is about raising people to life. And what it signifies to us is that not even physical death can overcome the power of Jesus.
We need to continue to pray for healing, church. We need to continue to pray for sick. We serve a God who controls it all. We need to continue to believe for our brothers and sisters the healing power. We serve a God who can raise people from the dead. I'm telling you the truth. These are historical documents. Jesus, when he died on the cross for our sins, gave us power over uncertainty, power over relationship and faith in him, power over the earth and uncontrollable circumstances, power over our physical bodies, and one last thing. I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50. Please go home. Listen, please go home and read 1 Corinthians 15. Read the whole chapter. Okay, I'm not going to read it this morning. Read the whole chapter because I could preach 85 sermons on 1 Corinthians 15. Go home today. Read 1 Corinthians 15. Please do it. So often we come to moments in our life and the only time we think about eternity is when we are faced with death. And we live in a context in North America where, in reality, we are not regularly faced with death. I was driving on the interstate in the United States, and and I was driving beside a a truck, and the, the tire blew out on the truck right beside my van. Corey, you should have been there, man. You could have pulled him over and just yanked him. felt like a gunshot sounded like a gunshot church there are people who live with gunshots like every day I I don't come face to face with death every day but it seems like we only think about eternity when we come face to face with death and so sometimes the only time we read this portion of scripture is when we're talking about someone who's died Well, today we talk about this scripture. Today we quote this scripture because we're talking about someone who lived, who beat death. And because he did, we can. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50 says this, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh cannot inherit the kingdom of God nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery that we will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and will be changed. For the perishable must close itself with the imperishable. That means that these mortal bodies will clothe itself in an immortal body. the mortal with immortality. Then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? 
sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor is not in vain. Church, Jesus beat death in every way. In every the darkness of sin in every single way, in uncertainty, in fear, in worry, and even a physical fear of someone killing us. Listen, this world is not the end. The moment we stop breathing, that is not the end. Because you cannot read the story of Jesus and come to the conclusion that all we have is a physical existence. He was in the ground for three days. You can't medically explain that. You can't somehow come up with some sort of story, some sort of idea that says, oh, well, it must have been, you know, low blood pressure. No. So if Jesus dies and then is raised to life and is recognized as the same person being Jesus, we have to come to the conclusion that his spirit remained alive while his body was dead. It's the only conclusion we can come to, church. And so what that means is that you may believe that your consciousness will be gone, but the very essence of you will be saved. The very essence of you will continue to live on, that there is something beyond this world. There is life beyond this one. And because we have Jesus, we overcome everything this world has to throw at us. And that is the eternal promise to us. brought us from death to life. There is another kingdom that we belong to. Church, we don't think about this normally because we only think about this when somebody dies. But I want you to, I wanted to confirm something in you today. Jesus, when he died and rose again, proved that, that life is eternal. And if life is eternal, then church, I want to be on the right side of eternal. I want to be on the right side of eternal. If existence goes beyond this physical mortal body of mine then I want to be on the right side of that existence and that right side is Jesus chapter 15 in 1 Corinthians earlier on in the verse said hundreds of people saw Jesus after he rose again 
not one or two people, hundreds. It happened. It's not just a story. It's not just Hebrew folklore. It happened. It's of people testifying that he was dead and now alive. Whatever you perceive in your life right now, wherever you are in your relationship with God, wherever you are in your life right now, I hope that today proves that there is no moment in your life that cannot be resurrected by Jesus. That there is no context, that there is no facet of your relationships with people, no facet, no context of your job or the money-making context that you have. There is no realm in which you have to be defeated. That in every situation, in every way that Jesus was tempted, in every way and in every context, Jesus can bring death to life. Every relationship. Every situation. Our children, our parents, our brothers and sisters, our co-workers. We serve a powerful God who brings death to life. If nothing else, may faith rise up in you to believe that again. That we might have that hope. That we might have that hope. I hope you feel encouraged. May your souls be at rest. May your hearts be in peace. That no matter what happens, Jesus can resurrect. Redeem it. Restore it. And make it the very best. Amen? Would you stand? We're going to pray. We're going to close with a song. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Father, we just come to you today. We ask you to remind us of the risen Savior risen Lord and in the circumstances of life when things seem darkest when things seem uncertain that we would remember you died that we might have life that even this situation would be resurrected renewed restored Church with everybody's head bowed and everybody's eyes closed. If 
your heart is pounding today and you've never received Jesus, you've never said, I, I want this, I've never, I want this to change my life. I want this to be the determining factor in my life. I'm not going to lead you in a prayer today, but I want you to know the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe that he was raised from the dead for this purpose, that you're saved. You can make that decision at any point in your life, but I think today would be a good day to say yes to Jesus. All you have to do is talk to God and say, God, whatever I was doing before was wrong. This is what I want for my life. And if you have any more questions about that, Pastor Corey, I would love to talk to you. Pastor Becky, any of the elders or the leaders, we'd love to talk to you. So Father, I pray that even, even now, even now, there are those who are walking across the line from darkness to light, from death to life, from hopeless to hopeful, from broken to fixed, from sick to healed, just by trusting in you. stood before creation carried the cross for my shame you spoke the earth into motion my soul
Father, we just give this moment to you. God, we give our lives to you again, the author and the finisher of our faith, the one who died on the cross for our sins and rose again that we might have life. Lord God, I believe and I pray that we would continue to believe that there is no situation too hard for you, that there is nothing impossible for you, that this, Lord, is the difference between death and life, that this is the paramount issue, significant issue of our lives to be able in each moment, in each moment of adversity, each moment of challenge to believe with all of our hearts that in this situation, in these relationships, in my job, in my home, there can be life. May we be reminded of that truth and live in the shadow and light of the work of the cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Have an amazing Easter. Darkness hung over the deep. 